0: Hello everyone, I'm Abhijat Saraswith and you're listening to The Fringe Legal Podcast. This is a show where I discuss the future of the legal profession with practitioners, thinkers and innovators. The future is of course a topic that's becoming more important than ever, especially in these turbulent times. And I do hope you're all keeping well and safe. Before I introduce our guest, I'm excited to share with you a project I've been working on for the last few months. Over the last 14 months, the team and I have spoken with law firm leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs, as well as knowledge professionals. We're hosting a summit with these rock stars to cover actionable strategies and tactics that you can implement for your practice. It's a completely free event, and of course will be held virtually, and you can register for it at fringelegal.com slash summit, that's S-U-M-M-I-T summit. It's absolutely free, and even if you can't make the date, I encourage you to register so you can actually get access to the recording afterwards. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fringe Legal Podcast. I am delighted today to be joined by Torsten Torp from Beckbrunn, a firm in Denmark. And Torsten is joining me from, I believe, Copenhagen or somewhere close to there. He's the head of legal tech innovation. We actually met at at ILTA in Europe and had a, a very brief but interesting conversation there and i certainly wanted to to continue that and have it have it available for our audience as well so torsten thank you for joining me today thank you and thank
1: you for for having me it's a it's a pleasure
0: being here you, you have an interesting story and certainly an interesting title for what you do at the firm would you mind just sort of going into how you came to doing what you're doing today how you became the head of legal tech innovation
1: yes Let me begin around four years ago, when I started at Bäckbrun in Copenhagen. I was hired in as project coordinator within our M&A team. I had the role of actually guiding the clients in building data rooms and trying to evolve that process, uh, trying to make it more uh, lean and uh, efficient. And by doing that, I got into the more techie side of the m transactions and started developing skills and knowledge within that field. Not long after that, I got, became the, the head of the project team and started engaging in both artificial intelligence and also document automation and um, actually trying from an M and perspective, to roll out these two technologies into the whole organization, focusing on yeah the transaction side, and after that, creating a successful uh, impact in the organization in the implementation. I got asked to head our big legal tech innovation venture, and that started out first of January two thousand nineteen, and yeah a year has gone since then now
0: yeah and and yeah just because this will probably come out in 2020 so we're recording this in <laughs> december 2019 um yeah what's what's and there's a couple of things that you mentioned that i wanted to dig into but yeah. uh, a good starting point would be in in the last year what what have been some learnings for you as you've sort of gone down this venture what was surprising to you or what was something unexpected that happened and what was one key takeaway
1: I think before I actually thought that I had a good a good grip around the different departments in Beckbrunn because the reach within the M and A project team was actually quite wide. Mm-hmm. But what came to my knowledge was actually that I only had a feeling of the or an impact in the, on the tip of the iceberg, and and now suddenly I was facing. All 70 partners trying to um, sort of convince them that this was something that we needed to do. Um, Legal tech, um, I mean by that. And of course, having the backing of uh, the board of directors, but actually uh, being the one person that needed to, to sort of tell that story within the organization. That is a lot of work I can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. And as you do that, what one of the things you mentioned as you're talking about this this project or this venture was, you know, when you were a M&A project manager, one of the things it sounds like you did well is to have a important impact on the business and as generally we think about technology and certainly we think about legal technology um, and we think about innovation that's one of the hardest things to measure at least what i find because it's hard to conceptualize you know what kind of impact that does that does have for the business and we'll certainly talk about the future a bit more and how you think about planning ahead. But in in the M&A role, how, how did you actually start codifying some of the impact that you had for the business or the project had for the business?
1: I think maybe taking a, a further step back in my my educational background because that is also something that is a bit uh odd uh, at least in Denmark for a start to have a business uh, degree and a business background being in being part of a, a large uh, organization uh, right. law firm um and I think one of the Things I actually brought to the table was another approach to the various processes that that we had at least in the m a department at that time and bring some some fresh thoughts into uh, into that and I think that really benefited me and it also made me see uh, a possible um, point in terms of of these projects and actually s- trying to I would say building business cases around the use of AI technology, always trying to find new ways and and also prove the concepts. So for instance, taking AI and putting it into a department where it actually never was intended uh, at first, and then actually measuring afterwards, evaluating and measuring the impact of the time we actually saved, measuring that we were able to get a, a task or a case that we wouldn't have been able to get before. Mm-hmm. So really rethinking the whole process of yeah, project management, how to conceptualize, building the business case, and how to engage with, with the client together with the lawyers. I think These uh, things were were key uh, and part of my educational background to actually think in in these ways. And and that, I think, made an impact. Yeah. And uh, I think just as you were describing that, you know, it it seems
0: introducing a, I'm going to call you an outside party for this example, (laughs) but someone not as close to the matters and the process at hand allows you to really have a a different viewpoint because especially as you talk about it it is really really difficult to rethink an existing process right just because it becomes one of these things that you know for most part for most part you are if you are in the middle of it and you're doing something every day you will develop blind spots there Mm. and it, it becomes challenging to come up with a different way, a completely unique way of doing the same thing again. And so actually having the perspective of someone like you, it sounds, who maybe isn't as familiar with the process to begin with, yeah. can offer very obvious things. And you know, the the other thing that you talked about is so so critical which is around Mm. working with your clients and lawyers and i know we briefly touched on this you know your client facing as well as your internal facing and having that collaborative element not just from your perspective as a project manager a project Mm. coordinator but also actually bringing your clients into this means that you have a good measure of Mm really you're doing all of these things so you can deliver something to your client, it's probably a good idea to get a temperature check from them to make Mm. sure that you're doing something that's of value to them, not just what you think might be of value to them exactly
1: and i think that really that really sums up uh, a large part of our 2022 strategy i know we are coming uh, mm. we're, we're going to speak about that but but really trying to have that collaborate being at the center of this collaborate um, effort you can mm. say by having the internal um, uh, lawyers and all the uh, People in the organization, and on the other hand, trying to mix that with the client's input. Both when doing these ideations and and trying to develop new legal tech solutions. So that really is a key in the strategy to to have both parties uh, bringing relevant ideas to the table. And yeah, and having me as the facilitator, more or less. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's such an important role. And uh,
0: let's certainly start moving into the 2020 strategy. But but before we do that, because, you know, the the title that you have for your role, your role now, which is the head of legal tech innovation, I think there's only a handful of firms where I see that. They're certainly heads of innovation, uh, Mm -hmm. but you have a very focused title. But it is becoming more and more prevalent. And I know certainly in Denmark, there is a, actually within the Nordics, and there seems to be a a thriving legal tech scene as well. And of course elsewhere in the world. Uh, What do you think is the role of that individual, of someone who's really looking for legal tech or looking after legal tech in in a professional capacity? You know, as someone who's doing that, what do you focus on and how do you connect that back to the business?
1: Yeah. So first of all, my role is, 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 yeah, very centralized in the organization and it's really happening in close collaboration with our IT uh, manager or IT CIO and also our head of business development. So the three of us really focuses on the new legal tech solutions. Taking the perspective or, or answering your question, I think before we have really been focusing on the operational side of the IT within law firms. So the role of the CIO has been to really make sure that all the internal infrastructures were really in place, IT security and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that really makes (laughs) the the law firms happen or, or work. And... My role is taking out, taking the IT or the legal tech and putting it into the context of externalizing it, and really taking in client feedback mm. and developing these new legal tech solutions. Of course, it's really, really important that I have my CIO along because he is a centerpiece when when figuring out uh, what solutions might work, and what we're capable of doing in the IT security measures. But to sum it up, I think uh, my role is really taking the CIO and then putting it together with more the business side of it. Mm -hmm. So commercializing these ideas and and bringing new solutions to the market or to the clients.
0: that's, That's really interesting. And it's easy to see at least now maybe <laughs> it's easy to see that the the link the connection between the cio as the as a role because that role's evolved quite a lot as well mm. and what you're doing i'm a little bit intrigued actually about how both you, because you mentioned you know as you the cio and the head of business development what what's the you know how, how do you work with the head of business development, as much as you're able to speak about it, that all focused on externalizing it and making it sort of a client-facing offering? I don't know how much you're, you're able to sort of speak to that, but it'd be really yeah. interesting to to understand the link. Yeah.
1: Another aspect of the job is actually to insource, as I said, the mm-hmm. ideas from the clients. And really uh, trying to develop the ideas, both with the clients, but also with the lawyers. And then we have a selection process where we actually take these ideas, cultivate them, and figuring out, is it a viable product? Mm. Can we make it work? Can we put it into operation and actually sell it to the clients? Can we conceptualize it? Can we make revenue? this new offering. And this is really, really in close collaboration with our head of business development and also our CIO, because I can only take part of it. And when it goes to Sale and marketing, Mm. and into operations, it's really important for me to have the support of the head of business development and have his team pitch in with all the knowledge they have uh, regarding conceptualizing and also putting it into uh, operation. So, that is really sort of the core team that really pushes this idea process through
0: right and yeah and that, that makes a lot of sense actually because again it goes back to adding adding that value and sort of mm. working with your clients to make sure that you know you because i i imagine you know as you're insourcing these ideas it's probably there's probably a lot of ideas that come through but of course yeah. you want to be able to uh filter through them in some way to see mm. you know, which ones are maybe the right things to do now and which may be the right things to do in the future. So you can yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that might be as good a segue as we're going to get uh, to start <laughs> yeah. talking about the future a little bit. And I, yeah. I know one of your roles is sort of planning for and executing on your 2022 strategy, right? So exactly. essentially three years from now. Um, yeah and that's really interesting because i mean all most businesses will have something like that uh, but especially within technology with with a landscape that's sort of shifting so quickly mm. how do you how do you do that how do you start thinking through and i'm sure it's a group effort by no doubt mm-hmm. but how do you start thinking through you know what's important now what do you need to plan for within the next 12 months and yeah. then for the next 36 months
1: So I'm actually looking at my my screen right now and and looking at the pipeline of our ideas because that really sort of uh, sums up uh, our roadmap for at least the next 12 months because Mm -hmm. we have ideas, new ideas that we want to cultivate. And we also look at the ideas from the perspective of uh, how big an idea is it? Is it a moonshot? Is it a small idea, but with good revenue potential. Mm. So uh, it's really building up this pipeline of new ideas that are Going from good to great, and yeah. then thinking the whole launch process uh, of these ideas, of course. Then, so that that would be the the short term. <laughs> um, the yeah. long term is, of course, that we have sort of the end goal in uh, in twenty twenty two, which is set by the the board mm-hmm. uh, in Begbo. and then of course it's our. Role to deliver on that end goal, and this is done in close collaboration with my boss, CFO, and also our CEO. So we actually meet once every three weeks Mm -hmm. um, and actually talk through all the ideas, talk about the strategy, talk about how we can actually deliver on it in the best way possible. So so it's 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 really about talking through yeah, the ideas and the things that we want to wanna do. And then we correct it as we go, because it's really, as you said, it's really hard to, to say what is going to happen next year. And you also mentioned a little bit about the, the legal tech landscape mm-hmm. that we are uh, in the Nordics, which is booming at the moment. And it's really hard to, to figure out what, um, what the next step is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A thing that I can actually say, which is it's not, it's very new news. Actually, mm-hmm. we just uh, bought a digital company, uh, which we call uh, Dot .legal. We bought it about a month ago. Oh, really? So this is, um, and, this and is and actually, legal. that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think uh, this is uh, another dot legal, <laughs> ah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. same name, but a uh, different <laughs> company, um, okay. uh, spelled, I think this is just with the, the dot uh, oh, not spelled out, but yeah. And exactly. what's the, what's the,
0: what's the reasoning behind the, the purchase of this
1: company? The reason is really to have this extra muscle in terms of developing ideas. This year, we came out with two different products. One of them, we actually developed our own together with a software company. We want to do more of uh, of this kind of stuff. So we we saw it as a huge benefit to the whole process of developing these ideas that we actually can insource the resources that we need. Uh, and now we have that capability of, of actually doing that. So it, it means that we can quicker come to market with new ideas and uh, new products to our clients and also strengthen... Uh, the co-creation that we want to do with the clients. And I think this might be...
0: This may potentially have answered one of the questions I was going to ask you, which is around... So you mentioned that you, of course, have a pipeline of ideas, they go from good to great, uh, and they range from being moonshot ideas. Yeah. more projects. And I was going to ask you, could you maybe give an example of not what's on the list for the future, uh, but certainly mm. what may have been in the list for the last 12 months yes. um, that has come to fruition? Just, mm. just so it, it'd be good to get an understanding of what kinds of things actually live on this list. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if .dot .legal is one of them, but yeah, certainly it certainly would be you know, uh, some context
1: yeah exactly so we've actually been we've been trying to to find the 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 right company and now we we found it so that was definitely something that was on the list to have that extra muscle what we what we actually had on the the list before we launched our legal tech innovation department Mm -hmm. we worked uh, since last summer actually on on an idea that we launched in or released in uh, in february this year and it's uh GDPR uh, product that actually can make sure or automate the process of auditing your data processors. So, this is again really the, an essential uh, part of what we want to do to take a process and automate it. This was Auditing data processes was not something that we would ever be uh, asked to do because it's it's a really costly process. Yeah, um, and we are simply too expensive to carry out that task for the clients. So what we actually did was trying to figure out how can we decompose this process mm-hmm. and build it up in a digital way, and then bring it to the clients to make it more effective, to make it more lean, and actually also document that you have been auditing all of your uh, data processes. And we're, I would say, a bit proud that we can... 10 months in in the, the sales, we can mm-hmm. say that we almost break even on our investment. So this is really, I think, one of the... Great stories where we've been able to actually bring in the specialist knowledge from our lawyers, combine it with business development, IT setup, collaboration with clients, and also software developers, Mm -hmm. and actually bring a product to the market that that has a place out there and, and really is an extension of the services that we provide to our clients today. That that's fantastic, and
0: you know, ten months to break even, almost break even, is certainly an awesome achievement. Actually, I'm I'm curious. Is this you mentioned? Obviously, this was something to do this manually for your clients was too costly for them. Yeah, did this idea originate from you? And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Uh, the firm getting sort of pushback from the client, saying, "Look, we need to be able to do this," but there is no economical way for us to be able to achieve this end state or was this um, something that you guys thought of like, you know, there will be a need to be able to do this. And uh, so you're sort of almost horizon scanning a little bit mm. and we should come up with a product or some, some sort of middle ground, which I assume is the, where we will land. Mm. But yeah. How, how did this, because this, this is a great example, actually, how, how did yeah. this come to be?
1: It's, it's a, it's a combination actually, because what we did in order to prepare, prepare a lot of our clients for, for GDPR, we did a lot of, yeah, auditing and a lot of compliance reviews for, of their processes. And this idea came up when we did these tasks or together with the clients or these cases, because we, we saw an, a gap between what we were delivering and what the client needed. And uh, the client saw that as well and said, how, how can we come about this? And, and then s- some of our lawyers thought of, why don't we try to build something that actually can do this? And, and that was actually how the idea came about. And then I was asked by my, my manager to, mm-hmm. to, to look into it together with the lawyers or one of the lawyers that, uh, that came with the idea. And then we together developed it internally. And then brought the clients in. Cool, and and the other aspect of that. So I think that's that's a great
0: success story. And the other angle I wanted to see if you had any examples there as well. And again, examples you might be able to share probably more, more appropriate question mm. is of course, not every idea will work out. And I really liked this early, you talked about, you know, you, the CFO, the CEO that you guys meet on a three weeks basis. So it seems yeah. like the, the list of ideas is very fluid as it should be. Mm. Uh, was there something that you thought initially was a good idea, but as you started looking into it, uh, maybe it turned out it wasn't for whatever reason. Maybe it's not the right thing to do now. Uh, maybe it's not commercially viable or something else. And it, or maybe it was just a pivot. Maybe we need to do it in a different way.
1: But yeah. what, we, what we actually looked into was something that didn't really fly the way we hoped was we wanted to look into tax handling so uh, vat handling of yeah. companies and actually thought that this was uh, a very great idea because we have a very difficult tax system in denmark we pay a lot of a lot of taxes and the system is really hard to actually figure out so we actually thought that we were going to build a product around the handling of vat for companies because this is a a task that is yeah difficult, but also is sanctioned. So if you don't do it right, it's actually coming a lot of fines uh, yep. on top of that. So we wanted to try and see if if we actually could help. And and initially, I think what what we could have done better was actually doing uh, a lot more client interviews mm. because then we were would probably have uh, I wouldn't say killed the idea before, but but maybe we have have had the chance to develop it in another way so now it's it's kind of parked somewhere in the in the ideation <laughs> process right. uh, maybe to be rediscovered at some point but that That idea was something where we actually thought we had something that was great, but the client wasn't really asking for it at the moment. Yeah.
0: And I think, and then the reason, sorry, I wanted to just talk about that is I think generally (laughs) it often happens. um, Mm. You only hear the really good stories and yeah, and I, I wanted to actually leverage this to make a point that actually what you are doing, what the firm is yeah. doing is a lot more challenging than it just yeah. seems because if, if you only look at successes, it just looks like, oh, what a great walk in the park, right? <laughs> yeah, they had an exactly. idea, things just worked yeah. out and now they're, you know, it just works so well. But yeah. it is a lot of experimentation. It is a lot of deliberate effort and work to get to that successful stage, a successful product, yeah. and it will probably probably not be realistically i mean i'm sure it'll be fantastic if it is but it won't be every single one of the ideas no. that will become that way and and it's i mean that's the way it should be exactly
1: because it's it's really i think we've gotten that. so many ideas and actually what has been it's been hard to to at, at the first uh, instance i think we we we, we spent maybe one or one and a half months just to revise all the ideas we got from the outset because we had an ideation process from the departments that they could bring all the ideas they had to the table nice. and we had to screen all of them. And it's really, it's a challenge both to understand the ideas, but also to park the ideas or kill the ideas that just aren't viable at the moment. Yeah. And also because there is, a, of course, a capacity uh, issue or resource issue, you can't simply run with every idea, even though you would like to maybe have had 10 more. Another thing I, I, I think is, is is difficult is because we also want to do partnerships um, with startups and, yeah. and other providers of technology. And what has really been difficult is actually to make the, the ends meet uh, in terms of, of having these collaboration agreements in place. Uh, I'm afraid to count how many hours I've spent this <laughs> year uh, negotiating uh, collaboration agreements and a lot of them simply uh, got out wrong mm-hmm. and we had to To say stop now, it's uh, enough is enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think that's also something I was a little bit, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. uh, I can say. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So uh, really a lot of time has been, uh, has been going negotiating this year as well.
0: That's good. With practice, it'll be it'll become more. will become a lot more smoother as well, right? So. <laughs>
1: Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's also a process to to really yeah. uh, reconsider at the end of this year. So what what went wrong? Um, mm. What can we do better? What is where do we really need to focus? Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. And so I I have two more and then we can start beginning to wrap up, if that's okay. So one of the things, and I I don't know how much you might be able to talk to this, but as I researched the firm, you guys have an interesting model, the so-called Brune model. And I know one of the three core pillars of that, or four pillars of that, is around corporation and around having a key account management program. Yes. and, and in fact, actually, I think some firms have this, but it would be interesting to hear from you what, you know, how that key account management program functions at a high level, really why it exists, and what kinds of benefits it brings to your clients that you hear from them, right? Not not the perceived benefits from your point of view, but what is their actually feedback to you if you have, I don't know if you're able to speak to either of these things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, <coughs> We have yeah our key account management program, which consists of our high priority clients and our strategic clients, and it's really um, a good way for us to talk to our clients, to engage with our clients. So there is a team set up of primarily partners and and also associates and senior associates from various practice uh, areas within Backbone, and it really. Yeah, it's really about serving the client in the best way possible, and having a broader connection to to the various departments within Backbone from the client side. Uh, and it's really, yeah, about collaborating. And I think having the key account management team and also the set of, of uh, legal tech innovation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and wanting to have co-creation as as part of it really makes my job easier to engage with the clients and also have the lawyers taking part in that journey. And that is a really big focus for, for the company in 2020. Um, if you want to break down the strategy a little bit, that is really to focus on these uh, key account clients and the co-creation together with them so actually mixing legal tech innovation mm-hmm. with the key account management teams and the clients because then we have uh, all the the, the important uh, stakeholders together
0: that that's great and and the reason i was asking is you know we we as a business on the company i work for other than the podcast it, we we have something along those lines and Really, my view on this and very much my personal view on this is this allows, you know, having this kind of program allows you to be able to, with those strategic clients, really get down to the nitty gritty of what's important to their businesses right what Mm. do the clients care about right how do they they want to service their clients and then be able to make sure that there is that there is no disconnect in how what you're providing them whether it's advice opinion legal uh, legal expertise actually becomes the most valuable for them Mm. and also, this allows you, at least in in theory, to have those strategic discussions Yes, and to keep them in the loop about this is what's coming next. So mm. if you are one of my key accounts clients, so to speak, it's my role to inform you, hey, these are the things that's changing in legal technology, right? Yes. Um, You are working with us. I work with hundreds and hundreds of firms and so my team does. This is the trend I'm starting to see that shifting. These are the things that you should be aware of. And, and these are maybe things that we can provide for you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe these are things that you, know, you need to just be mindful of because frankly, your clients will ask for that. The law yeah. firms that you work with will be asking for that and so on. And I assume a similar sort of thing, right? As you're focusing on legal tech and how this is how we are leveraging and cooperating and collaborating with you to deliver work to you at a fast rate and, and higher quality and so on.
1: Exactly. Uh, that really, really sums it up. And actually, yeah, uh, one of my first meetings when I get back from, from Christmas holiday is actually together with one of our uh, larger clients mm-hmm. um, to actually not present uh, a specific product of ours, a legal tech product, but actually having a conversation around how could this legal tech journey that we are uh, on benefit the client and how can it actually fit? This is not just about selling products. This is about how can we serve the, the client in the best way possible, taking their, their strategic direction into account, but also ours and actually building that close collaboration around uh, legal tech.
0: Absolutely. And I think in... in Coming to a close, uh, the next, as you've had so much um, experience in m and and corporate, what, what do you think, you know, what was changed in the last, you know, f- two, three years there? And what do you think is sort of coming on the horizon? Mm-hmm. And what are you starting? What trends are you starting to see? And uh, just, just to share my opinion yeah. very, very much is, you know, there's and you've done some of this work, you've implemented some of this work and you talked about it, which is, you know, implementing AI solutions, implementing document automation solutions. Yeah. um, What, and generally just actually a a higher level of infusion of Mm. tech in in that Mm. space is becoming quite common. And a lot of the tech there is becoming it's coming in terms of client facing tech, right? Because a lot of the tech sometimes yeah. is hidden away and exactly. you kind of just use it to, to just better your internal processes to deliver a higher thing to a client. But now there's more and more technology available. Uh, and then I'm biased in this a little bit for sure, <laughs> but there's like, like transaction management software that allows yeah. you to be able to manage these deals in a mm. much, much better, faster, more efficient way that gives, Clarity and actually, more importantly, transparency to your clients. Yeah, um, exactly. But at least that—that's some of the things I'm seeing. Um, mm. Are you seeing that? Do you agree with that, or is that, are you seeing other things as well?
1: I'm definitely. I'm. I'm definitely going to agree on that. Uh, <laughs> but but what I'm also experiencing, being at the center of it in in Backbone, is actually. The past 12 months, we have seen a huge shift um, in the mindset and the culture of the the employees, uh, the mm-hmm. lawyers, and I think what we are going to see, uh, at least in backbone, over the next uh, two two years, is an engagement from the lawyers on a much higher level. Um, we're going to see them wanting to take a lot more part in both the ideation process, coming with new ideas, figuring out how to actually make these new legal tech solutions work for the clients Mm -hmm. and also internally. So I think the main thing, at least here in Bekbom, would be that we're going to see a massive push from the organization towards legal tech and innovation and then of course yeah we're going to see in the broader perspective I, i'm going to i think we're going to see just maybe a little bit like in uh, in norway and sweden more focused or con- maybe a focus on consolidating some of the legal tech yeah. solutions within uh, countries the smaller countries like denmark mm. that we're going to have a combined effort towards some of these uh, legal tech solutions because otherwise we will probably going to be run over by the bigger <laughs> law firms in uh, if we're not going to stick together so a more consolidated legal tech uh, network within mm-hmm. the smaller countries
0: well we'll maybe have to speak again in a year's time and see, <laughs> see how, if the, how many how of these it, things actually come true yeah, yeah. Um, but actually one of the things I think is a, is a wonderful closing point that you raised, which is actually even though a lot of this was about sort of legal technology, innovation and so on, I really liked the, the fact that you said at least at the firm, there's going to be a big shift in mindset in the mm. Level of engagement because yeah I think I forget also frequently uh, that legal tech isn't always about legal technology. It's really <laughs> not about technology. It's about you know producing and engaging your employees, yeah. employing uh, engaging the lawyers, uh, and it becomes about the people, right? About yeah. making sure that you're actually making a difference there. As cheesy as that sounds, but I think it's absolutely <laughs> important. Um, so I think that's probably a good closing remark. If people want to find out more about you, about the firm, what's the place for them to go i I can certainly put in your linkedin and twitter handle and so on in the show notes but any any last minute ads or ask of the audience
1: yeah if anybody wants to to get in touch please feel free to either call me my telephone number is free on the webpage backbone also Mm -hmm. write me an email i will be happy happy to answer any messages emails or calls
0: fantastic hopefully you have not just opened yourself up to getting hundreds and hundreds of calls but
1: we'll see
0: (laughs) Um, uh, Torsten thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been a fantastic conversation
1: thank you very much for having me it's been a great pleasure thank
0: you for listening and I hope you enjoyed that discussion before you go please share this with one other person and leave us a five-star review on apple podcast or wherever you listen this podcast was produced by me, Abhijat Saraswith. Paula Chrysostomou is the manager for the show. And Pretty Saraswith is the content strategist. You can listen to all previous episodes and reach out to us at fringelegal.com.
1: Thank you.